Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Here with you on Monday night, September 26th, taking you into Tuesday, September 27th with another week. In the books, week four of the college football season in the books, week one of the Big Ten season for the Michigan Wolverines in the books. Going to be breaking down the win over Maryland and take a look to Iowa here this week in a trip to Kinnick. Luke Yardy here along with Scotty White, and we've got a fun show for you. Coming to you live on the Mason Brew YouTube page. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we are going live every Monday night during the football season. Come join us. Leave us your thoughts in the comments. We want to have you as a part of the conversation as we talk about these games and we uh, start to look ahead scotty what's going on man how are we doing here tonight i'm doing well man uh feeling good about four no and you know it was it was nice to finally have a game where there was a little bit of a battle i i, I was sweating a little bit i was getting nervous um and michigan came out on top so that's all that matters um but yeah it, it felt good to to really see a, a good competitive football game there yeah, the the title defense is off to a good start, one and zero against what I think is actually a pretty good Maryland team. Yeah. You know, when we previewed them and uh, we looked at them, they were top five in the country in yards per play coming in, and that offense we knew was going to be a test for the defense, and it certainly was. That was no easy win for Michigan to uh, to get things rolling. Glad the game was at home, to be honest with you, coming off the three cupcakes to begin the season. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure if the the Maryland atmosphere would have would have been too daunting, but you know we usually go there in, in late November, like last year when when Maryland season's already done. So it could have could have gotten the students out there uh, with them being three and zero. 
But yeah, I mean, that was that was a test. I mean, and it wasn't – I didn't even feel like Mich- – obviously, there were a lot of mistakes that Michigan made. Um, but Maryland just played a really good football game. I mean, they didn't have a penalty until, like, the last drive of the game. Um, yeah. I mean, they just and they were they were one of the most penalized teams in the country yeah. coming in. I think that yeah. is a big story of this game, right? And why it was so competitive. To be I honest, I think they had 15 flags the the week before, and they were very disciplined. Like, yeah, Michigan made a lot of mistakes, but I mean, Maryland looks like a really good football team, and and the schedule, like they they could they could be creeping up in the the eight to ten win range. And you uh you mentioned the Maryland students. I gotta ask you, what was going on with the Michigan students, man? That whole upper deck of the of the big house in the student section was just empty at kickoff. Dude, I don't know what it is with these kids. Um, as a Michigan, well, former Michigan student now graduated. Um, I mean, I was always at all the games. I'm I'm not like them, but I don't know. Some of these kids that come from out of state, I guess they're just not true Michigan fans. And when it gets a little bit chilly, 55 degrees, like, like, like I texted you on, on Saturday, man, there are people giving away tickets for free in the, in the ticket group me. So they got to get the, I mean, they got to get that under control. Like I understand it's like an early season game and it's not, you know, college game day is not here or anything, but I mean, we got to pack that student section. Yeah, man, absolutely. Cause it, it's a home field advantage. You, you saw it November 27th of last year that w- when that place gets rocking, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and this was a major game. This was an undefeated Maryland team coming in, and a good Maryland team that we have been talking about since the preseason. Uh, Talia Tungavailoa is a solid quarterback. They returned all five starters on the offensive line. They've got legit five-star talent weapons on the outside for this offense. And, I, I mean, all in all, defensively, I thought they held up rather well uh, throughout yeah. this game. One big issue that is starting to creep up though and we've talked about it after the Colorado State game man we're like oh the pressure actually looks pretty good here this year they haven't been able to generate a whole lot of pressure uh against UConn against Hawaii and now not a ton against Maryland and when they were able to generate pressure Tali was kind of able to escape it took a face mask penalty a costly one as well that would have got Michigan's defense off the field so uh there were a couple of things there but uh I, I mean generating pressure with four that was the the big thing and the the reason this scheme worked so well a year ago they need to find a way to to be able to dial up that pressure a little bit and hopefully some guys can get home I know it sounds like uh Harbaugh said today Derek Moore uh and Ayabi Oki uh might start be able to get a little more run as they get a little more adjusted to the defensive scheme yeah um yeah the pressure was certainly an issue but like you said Talia is so elusive and so fast um, like there were a lot of times where they got in the backfield and I was thinking it was a for sure sack and, and against a less athletic quarterback, it probably is. Um, but yeah, he is really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was certainly an issue. Another issue that I thought was, and I mean, everybody noticed this, but McCarthy has got to make some smarter plays when running and trying to escape, he's got to learn to throw the ball away, man, or go out of bounds because Michigan got real lucky with two fumbles on one drive that really, I mean, yep. Maryland, Maryland outplayed Michigan in the first half. I was really nervous at halftime because Michigan got real lucky with the kickoff, getting an immediate touchdown like that, like that with the two fumbles on that one drive, like things could have gotten out of hand. Um, I think they played a lot better in the second half though. I thought Michigan was the better team in the second half, but at halftime I was, I was really nervous. 
Yeah, they got lucky, but they also gifted one, right, to Maryland at the right. 25 on the C.J. Stokes fumble. Yeah. Um. So a little turnover luck there. A couple things, you know, going wonky on the drives, like the the face mask giving Maryland a little extra uh, life, you know. But like you mm-hmm. said, Michigan in the second half was, was certainly better. We're seeing it here from a couple of guys, Seth Scott, Jack uh, Vandenbosch, uh, on, on the comments here on the live stream, you know, kind of talking about the second half um, and and the adjustments that were made. Uh, ultimately, you know, the, the biggest adjustment was, you know, Maryland was kind of playing that two safety shell, shell coverage that we're going to see a lot of. Iowa has done this defense for years, right? They keep everything in front of you. They try to turn you over. But what Michigan was able to find success in doing outside of running the football, which obviously we're going to talk about because that was the star of the show, right, was Blake mm-hmm. Corum. But being able to get McCarthy on the move and tee up some of these timing routes and these outbreaking routes while he's on the move, that's one way to really counter that and bring guys across like we saw in the touchdown pass to Roman Wilson as well. Um, There were some in the first half, uh, odd play calling, I I thought. No one really at the sticks, running a lot of vertical action. Um, you know, I, I don't know the, the play calling in the first half was a little off, especially with, with how good Michigan was running the football. And I, and I kind of mentioned that, uh, watching the game, you know, I, I just got this stream of consciousness going on. My Twitter was like last year, I'm like, man, are we ever going to throw the football? We're just running, running, running. Now I'm like only run, man. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're absolutely dominating on the ground. Michigan. Yep. At six point one yards a carry yesterday, man, yeah. it was. I mean, they were they were getting whatever they wanted for the most part. There were I, I saw the advanced box score today. Uh, let me bring this up real quick uh, via Bill Connolly. And surprisingly, uh, when you take a look at the uh, the the run rates in, or excuse me, the uh, the rushing efficiency, and Michigan actually had. 27.5% of rushes that went for zero or fewer yards, which is kind of surprising, uh, surprising when you when you think about it because you think of all the success that they were able to have. Mm-hmm. However, uh, they had 3.8 yards before contact per rush in that game wow. against Maryland. Wow. 3.8 yards before contact. Before- and, I, wow. and so I went and rewatched it uh, today, right? Uh-huh. And – I'm looking particularly in the second half and the push, like obviously Corum's runs, like when you look at him, I don't think he got touched on his two long touchdown runs. So that's going to jump up that number uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit, but they were getting incredible push in that second yeah. half. That offensive line really leaned on that front four of Maryland. Yeah. Um, I think Corum, dude, he is a beast. He needs like legitimate Heisman conversation with the kind of no doubt. that he's put up um at the beginning of the season um but yeah i mean still it, it's tough because there was the one drive i think it was to open the second half and you know quorum's getting the ball every single play and he comes yeah. out for one play and they put stokes in for a third and four that was the, the the big play call for me where i'm like you know jj can still throw the ball if you're gonna put quorum on the bench running it with with the freshman you know he just fum- he had a bad fumble earlier in the game didn't like that play call um, but that's where we really want to see Donovan Edwards get back. Cause I mean, 30 carries for core. I mean, that is a, that's a lot. That's a, that's a hefty load. Um, missing, missing Donovan Edwards heavily for sure. Yeah. Um, and there really weren't many updates to give today from Harbaugh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard, but like on that play call, JJ can still throw the ball. 
And he really, that's the funny thing about it is a lot of people were like, oh man, JJ doesn't look as good. You look at the stat line, he put up a very fine stat line. Um, it's just really some of the decision making with him that was a little bit concerning. Um, but yeah, his ability to throw on the run, I thought was really impressive in that game. And, and those were the plays that Michigan seemed to be finding the most, um, most success to the air. Yeah, and to your point, J.J. was 18-26, 220 yards, two touchdowns with a 72.7 uh, QBR. And he he made some very good throws. And that's yeah. the thing, too, right, is that you, you're watching it and you realize, and a lot of people pointed this out because it's pretty obvious, if he connects on a couple of deep shots, we're, we're not even talking oh gosh, about this yeah. like it, it was a game. You know, right. he missed Roman Wilson in a couple of times. Uh, I, I believe missed Ronnie Bell on one. Missed Andre um, on one. Yeah, on yeah, Andre Anthony. He looked like he tried to take too much off of that one yeah. on the kind of the outbreaker. You know, he was fighting it, and that's honestly over the uh, from what we've seen from JJ, his deep <laughs> accuracy has been fantastic. So yeah. to see that, it was, was it was a little strange. But if he hits on a couple of those, we're not even talking about this like it was a game, you know. Right. So if they're able to correct that moving forward and they get the timing down, you know, more practices and things like that, it's not a given. But if they're able to get it down, it's it's going to be an incredibly efficient offense because they're going to be able to run the football. And if they can hit those deep shots, man, I, I don't know how you defend them. Right. And that that was such a good, honestly, a good thing to see because the guys are getting open. We yeah. know JJ can make those throws. And, you know, I think everybody kind of is, you know, has this idea around JJ before this game, like, oh, JJ's perfect. JJ can't make mistakes. And this was kind of the first time we saw him make some mistakes. But, you know, it's also his first Big Ten start, like his first, yep. you know, the other ones were against Hawaii and UConn. I'm sure he's not crazy nervous going into that game. I'm sure the kid's got some nerves going into his first Big Ten start. Um, so I honestly thought that was, like like you said, that's not even a ball game if he's hitting those. Um, and he usually does. And I am, I feel very confident that, that in the future he's going to get back to that. You know, it was his first Big Ten start. Got to give him some time. He's going to have some nerves and make some mistakes. And and let's give Maryland credit, man. They played a yeah. really good football game. They you did. know, I mean, this is a team that there's a good chance that they finish fourth in the East here this year. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're they're seven and a half point favorites against Michigan State here right this weekend. Down. Yeah. So I mean, this this is a good football team here. And this wasn't, I mean, we saw it in week four last year against Rutgers, right? Like they had to survive against, a, it was a 3-0 Rutgers team then, but it yeah. turned out to be a not very good Rutgers team. And you can't base the entire season off of that. Obviously, there are things that need correcting. And, and again, the pass rush needs to be better. But you got tested against a pretty dang good team. And you went out there and you were able, I mean, you're up 15 with three and a half minutes to go in the ball game. Yeah. You know, like you outgained Maryland by a yard and a half per play. Like for all that we're thinking about Michigan and, and their struggles, and they did at times, they averaged seven yards of play in that game yesterday. Yeah. I mean, Corum, here, here's another one for you. Corum had rushes of 47, 33, 24, 23, and 21 yesterday. Just absolute, just an absolute stud. The offensive yeah. line was blocking well for the most part, gave up a couple of negative plays, but Corum was fantastic. The offensive line was fantastic. Once the time in the passing game starts to get a, a little more down against better defenses, and obviously a big test coming up this week at Kinnick, um, it, it, they're going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I feel very confident going forward. And, yeah, I mean, dude, the same thing happened last year, like you just said. And you know what happened the very next week? Michigan went on the road to a big, big 10 West team and beat the shit out of them. I mean, 38-10 against Wisconsin. And Michigan's got – Iowa on the road this week. 
can only hope for the same result as last year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest, like there were there were some times where I was a little concerned, but it was never I'm concerned about the season going forward. It was just we need to survive this game, you know? Yeah. And they were able to. They came out yeah. in the second half and you know, they, they were able to kind of dominate Maryland a bit in the second yeah. half until late gave up a couple of late touchdown drives. Yeah. But I thought the defense held up pretty well. Um yeah. for the most part. I thought coverage did. Yeah, they got him into a lot of fourth downs on that last drive too, and and kudos to Maryland for for uh, getting the conversions. But I mean, yeah, when you go up fifteen with three and a half to go, you're feeling good. It doesn't even really feel like it was as close as a seven point game because of that. Um, mm. But yeah, um, and then one last thing that I wanted to touch on with Maryland that I thought they did really well um, was their coverage on a lot of those plays where where JJ had to scramble. Like there was just nobody open, and that's right. What, they got him. That, so that's things. that's a little worrisome for me in in the own right. And I don't know if it had anything to do with play calling against the particular zones that they were going, but the receivers were not getting a lot of separation, and mm-hmm. that is certainly concerning, especially when yeah. you start thinking about having to go to Iowa. Exactly, and also a little concerning knowing that JJ likes to run backwards a lot and potentially fumble. So I yeah. think they're going to really drill that into his head this week in practice. I don't think it's going to be a big of a, pro- a big of a problem. But that was something Maryland did really well, forcing him into those tough decisions. Um, and, you know, sometimes it works out for him. He had that one where he went all the way back, came forward, got a first down run on like right. 37. Um, but, yeah, I mean, on that one, he could have taken an easy step out of bounds and decided to keep going. So wasn't perfect, but he's, he's an athletic kid. And there, there's another issue that is creeping up, and it hasn't – necessarily helped with JJ taking over like maybe we thought it would last year and this was a problem that was hampering uh Michigan and we talked about it at length last year and that is being able to finish drives with touchdowns yeah. uh, according to Bill Connolly Michigan ranks fourth in overall offensive success rate sixth in marginal explosiveness but ninth in points per drive and 30th in red zone touchdown rate like that was the big thing against Maryland. When Maryland got into the red zone, they ended up scoring touchdowns. They had a couple of really nice kicks from the Ryland kid, by the way. That kid, he's going to get a shot to kick on Sundays, man. Yep. He he booted that 53-yarder. That was good from at least 60, and it was right down the pipe. Yep. Uh, but when they got into the red zone, they scored touchdowns. I mean, think back to Michigan State, right? That was the difference in that game. When Michigan State got into the red zone, that's how they were able to come back with scoring touchdowns, and Michigan settled for field goals early on. And they need to be able to finish drives. And we thought, yeah, okay, JJ is going to help with that. He's a he's a run threat. Uh, they can run the read option. The playbook playbook opens up a little bit more, but they still they stall. They can move the ball between the twenties, and then once they get down there, they at times have struggle putting it into the end zone. And if you want to compete with Penn State and Ohio State in this conference, you're going to have to finish these drives with touchdowns. Yeah, definitely. I mean. We just saw Ohio State put up 28 quick on Wisconsin. Right. Um, kicking field goals is not going to do it. And that's what won Michigan the game against them last year. Michigan got yep. down and they scored touchdowns, but their defense was bend, don't break, force them to a field goal. Exactly. So I don't know what it is if it's just a, you know, a phase that the Michigan offense goes through each and every year within the yep. coaching staff trying to maybe feel their own team out a little bit, but it needs to get it needs to get fixed. You might be able to win this next game with field goals. There's a there's a chance given what yeah. Iowa's offense is, uh, but but not if you turn it over. And that's another thing. You know, we're talking the good and the the bad here on this week's show, and we've talked a lot about the good. 
Uh, the bad is the the Michigan's been putting the ball on the ground. Uh, JJ threw a very interceptable pass in the end zone. Luckily for Michigan, uh, the the Maryland player came out out of bounds. Um, he's a turnover. He's turnover worthy. You know that hasn't necessarily been fully fixed quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good that so far there hasn't been an interception. But like you said, man, there was one yesterday that, I mean, it was picked and luckily he fell out of bounds. Um, but also he, he put the ball on the ground in a fumble. Um, I mean, that that kind of stuff can't happen, and especially against Iowa, because, I mean, dude, their defense has scored more points than their offense in two of their four games. Like we can't like they don't just get a turnover to set up the offense. They're thinking our offense isn't going to do anything with this. We need to score it ourselves. So, I mean, those are going to be the kind of Iowa takes advantage of that and turns it into points. So just uh, that's a lot to clean up before this game. Yep. The, you you got to go and get it. And that's what they do. They they go out and they uh, they turn you over, man. Yeah. And just got to just kind of taking a quick look at them. They they don't score, you know, offensively. Obviously, we saw the South Dakota yeah. State game and uh, they, they did put up 27 on Rutgers last week, though. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if that says more about Iowa or Rutgers, to be honest with you, but. Yeah, yeah, that was a really funny game. Um, yeah, I mean, you look back. I also, no, yeah, uh, also real quick uh, on Maryland. I saw it earlier here today. They have been fantastic against the run, man. They are allowing 2.2 yards a carry on the ground. So this is going to be a Michigan team that wants to come out and run the football and has been very efficient running the football here this year. And they're going to be going up uh, against a Maryland team, uh, Michigan, real quick, averaging six yards a carry on the ground through their first four games while Iowa's averaging 2.2. So you figure it goes somewhere in the middle. But, I, I mean, if, if Iowa's stacking that box and they're shutting that run game down, the, the receiver's going to have to find a way to get open and J.J.'s going to have to take care of the ball and hit some big throws. Yeah, and, I mean, that's what we kind of talked about so much during the offseason that we were excited about for the offense is that, you can go either way with the run game or the pass game. Um, but we saw on Saturday that sometimes that's not really going to be the case and you kind of got to lean on one. Um, and, and the thing is, is Michigan just has the weapons to be a really, really good passing attack. Um, I mean, we've seen all these receivers make crazy plays. They're all, they've all got a ton of speed. We've seen JJ make really good throws. Um, so it's there, um, but it's, it's got to show up on Saturday because that Iowa defense is no joke. Um, I was going to say in, in 2016, it didn't take like I, it was kind of a similar Iowa team. You know, they're always they're always kind of the same. Um, and it, it only took 14 points to be. I think the final score is 14, 13 of that game. Um, so they, they don't need to score a lot of points to, to beat teams because their, right. defense, their defense holds people so low. And you know what, though? I'm thinking about it. And man, it, it feels like the year is, has shaped up at least to this point. Pretty similarly uh, to last year, not necessarily in the way Michigan is getting it done because we saw a lot on the ground last year, uh, and they they played a Washington team that wasn't very good. Uh, so obviously, you can't compare this year's non-con to last year's in that sense because they had Washington, but they stunk last year. So yeah. if if you think of it that way, they they didn't really they weren't really tested in those first three games. Your first your first game in the big 10 is week four at home against a three and O opponent, Maryland this year, Rutgers a year ago. And then last year, the week after they went on the road to Wisconsin, you know, and going up against one of the top run defenses in the country, they knew that they were going to have to throw and they were able to get it done. Now you go to Kinnick against one of the top, you know, a big 10 West crossover on the road, 
in week five after going 4-0 and kind of surviving the week prior in your Big Ten opener, go on the road against a team that you might not have a ton of success running the ball on. I mean, it's pretty similar so far. Obviously, they were able to go into into Camp Randall and get it done. Now, can you go do that at Kinnick? Um, You you know, we'll see. I do like their chances, obviously, because of what Iowa's offense is, but I'm really interested to see this past week was the the test for the defense, right? Because Maryland's offense, I didn't expect their defense to hold Michigan down as much as they did. So I'm like, all right, we'll see. I'm not going to judge everything based on one game. Uh, but we knew that Maryland was going to be a test for the defense. Like at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm seeing it in the comments. It's Maryland. It's Maryland. I get it. But Mike Loxley's done a good job recruiting guys. Like he's yeah. got talent on the offensive side of the football uh, in Maryland. So um, Michigan's defense got tested. I think they were up for the task outside of generating pressure. That's the the one thing that that could be a major, major blip on this defense uh, unless you know we do see Derek Moore and Iabioki get a little more run at the edge and uh, generating some pressures yeah and I think one thing that's going to help with that this week too is Petrus is not an athletic mobile quarterback like Talia is um Petrus might I don't even know if can we even call that guy a quarterback (laughs) I don't know if we can so dude he he is completing 55 percent of his passes he's got 524 yards yeah. Through the first four games, one touchdown and two interceptions. Their offense stinks. I mean, they haven't allowed more than 10 points in a game, and they still lost a game. Like, <laughs> they scored seven points in half of their game so far. So, I mean, the offense doesn't need to do a ton in this game to what hopefully should get them the win. Like, I hope if South Dakota State's defense can hold Iowa's offense to three points, then Michigan's defense should be able to do a pretty good job. Um but it's it's going to be a good test for the, for the offense because that is that is a really good defense. Um, but honestly, I, I think the magic number for them to hit is fourteen points, and and hopefully that like Iowa's offense is bad, dude. It's so bad. It it is, and you know I. But also, you you got to number one, take care of the football. Don't give Iowa any short fields. That's the one thing Michigan has too. You know, yeah. is the fact that they can. Um, really pin you deep. Brad Robbins, obviously one of the best punters in the country and the special teams are fantastic uh, for Michigan. That's good. It, it, this might be a field position game at the end of the day, right? Like we, we want Michigan's offense to go in there and dominate and hold Iowa. Um, and maybe there's a situation in which that happens. I'm not going to bank on it. Um, as long as you make Iowa play the field position game too. Uh, I think you've got a real good chance of winning. You just can't turn the ball over at the end of the day. And if you, if you're able to finish drives with touchdowns, you really are going to have no problem walk out of, walking out of Kinnick with a W. Right. Um, but, I mean, we do know we're definitely going to see um, Iowa's A game this week. I mean, you know, Michigan just beat the brakes off of them last year in the Big Ten Championship game by 39 points. Um, and, dude, Kinnick is where top five teams go to die. I, I'm, I don't know how we got this lucky, but it's not a night game. So, I mean, if it were a night game, I would be betting all my money on Iowa this week. Um, but definitely feeling better about the fact that it's at noon, but still, man, I mean, top five teams going into Kinnick, it is very tough and, and Iowa is going to be ready. They always are in that situation and they've got the added chip on their shoulder from the big 10 championship last week. So Michigan's definitely going to get Iowa's best game. And I just really hope that if it's close and down to the wire, that there's not a bunch of freaking out because it's, it's, I think it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, it, it's amazing as I'm looking at it here, how on earth, you know, the, the Rutgers-Iowa game, like you look at the score 
and it says what are 27 to 10 as a final like they had no business winning that game by 17 yeah, points and and i know the game isn't plays more offense for them it's bro insane. it's it's amazing yeah. like um rutgers uh averaged pretty much the exact same uh yards per play iowa averaged five rutgers averaged 4.9 rutgers actually had 21st downs to iowa's 14 wow uh but but the two interceptions were, were obviously huge in, in that game um and like you said man it, it's that defense and that's the that's just what you what you have to do like they were able to turn over uh rutgers three times and that's what iowa does they yeah. they win the turnover battle so take care of the football that's literally like the so all you gotta do if you take yeah. care of the football you'll if you're even if you're even in the turnover department you're gonna win this football game yeah dude like they that is how that's the only way that iowa beats you they turn them, they get good field position on turnovers or the defense just does all the work for them and scores on by themselves. That's, that is the biggest key to the game. Take care of the football and it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. But that's what they're so, good at, I don't know. That's we'll see, but I, I know it's, it's probably, it still feels like it's going to be one of those challenging damn games, man, where yeah. you're like, ah, why are we sweating this one out right now? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be close. I really think it's gonna. I mean, it's their, it's their black and gold stripe game. You know, they've got a theme. It's, it's Kinnick. Crazy, weird shit's gonna happen. And I will uh, say one I, thing though, man. I I just there's something about JJ's confidence that all always is just gonna yeah. make me feel feel easy about a game. Even when the offense was struggling, you just always felt like he had the utmost confidence. He's always smiling. Yeah. And when you got a quarterback that's like that and as talented as he is, you just I'm always gonna feel like he's gonna be able to find a way. Yeah, dude. I that's the thing is even after uh kind of somewhat sluggish performance um yeah definitely um <laughs> um even after a little bit of a sluggish performance i have so much confidence in jj and the offense um and even something funny i noticed that he drew he draws a smiley face on his hand before the game um mm -hmm. and i even started doing that before i went before i golf now and then nice I, did it, I got my first birdie the next time i did it and i got my new PR, <laughs> so it works, man. It works. Oh, man, that that's good stuff. Going to be another <laughs> great test. And, hey, if Michigan can get this one here, you know, a lot of people pointed to this one uh, in the preseason as a place where Michigan could potentially get tripped up. Uh, the way things are shaking out, you get past this one. Uh, you got a big date in a few weeks with Penn State. Other than that, I mean, I'll never take the Michigan State game for granted at this yeah. point, but the way they're playing, you know, I, I mean, Michigan, Michigan's going to have a shot in Columbus to, to win the big 10 East, you know, the, the way things are shaping up right now, though Penn state playing some pretty good football as well. Uh, and not going to take uh, the Iowa game for granted at all. Scotty, where can we find you on social media, man? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty white underscore, um, all of the podcasts and all the football stuff, everything posted there. So you can find it all on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. -E Make sure to follow the Maze and Brew page as well at Maze and Brew. And uh, thanks to everyone who's hanging out here on the Maze and Brew YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe and uh, hit that like button for us a little bit as well. And if you subscribe and you get that bell icon, uh, it'll let you know when we're going to be going live, which we plan to do every Monday night, recapping the game. And a uh, huge thank you to everyone who's been in here and uh, – you know, adding to the conversation. We'd love to hear from you guys and, uh, you know, love conversing with you every Monday night, talking a little bit of uh, Michigan football and a lot of good shows coming out here the rest of the week as well. For my partner, Scotty White, 
I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Brewcast.